Okay, we're in lesson six. Lesson six. We're going to look at righteousness and wickedness. And I'm going to tell you, we're not going to finish it today because of uh, all the different things, preliminary things that we've done today. So we're going to go through halfway through the book, through the chapter, and then do the rest uh, next week. But we're going to talk about righteousness and wickedness. So I'd like for you to look at chapter four. The first thing we're going to do, see again is an encouragement. Have you noticed with each one of these chapters that Solomon is encouraging his son to seek wisdom? And, and there's, there's a reason for that. With repetition, he's trying to drive home a point. And the point he's trying to drive home to his son, and ultimately the point that he's trying to drive home with each and every one of us, is get wisdom. Get wisdom. Seek wisdom. So I want you to notice with me, first, first of all, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Hear, my children, now he's using it in a plural sense. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you a good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. So I want you to notice with me, the son or the children are urged to listen to the instructions of his father. Probably in the sense of a plural sense here, he's moving from specifically maybe talking to Rehoboam to talking to the nation in general. Okay, the nation of Israel in general. Because in a sense, as a king, he was kind of like a father to the whole nation. And so he wants them to listen to his instruction. And he says, not just listen to his instruction, but give understanding to, give attention to no understanding. And I give you a good doctrine, do not forsake my law. A couple of things I want you to see here before we move on. Notice what he says. Give attention to no understanding. Here's the point I want you to understand. As you and I seek wisdom in our life, it isn't just going to happen by osmosis. It isn't just going to happen because you sat in a room and listened to a lot of people just kind of fill the air with not, and you just kind of like let stuff just kind of fall on you and you're wise now. No, no. You've got to give attention. That is, you've got to make an effort to get wisdom. It's got to be an effort on your part. And that's something we've looked at several times through. You've got to sweat for wisdom. You've got to expend energy for wisdom. You have to do something for wisdom. You've got to, remember, wisdom, again, is described as a woman. You've got to seek after her, pursue her. And that's the theme throughout all of this, is if you and I are going to be wise individuals, it isn't just going to happen by, oh, well, you know, I'll just kind of osmosis thing. You know, you maybe have heard people say about, you know, I've got to study tomorrow, so they slept with their book, you know, for a test, so they slept with their book under the pillow, hoping that it would just kind of filter in. The only thing you've got there is that you, get, you didn't get a good sleep the night before, so you didn't do well on that test. You know, so it doesn't work that way. You've got to give attention to it. And then he says, I give you a good doctrine. Notice what he says, verse 2, do not forsake my law. He's saying, look, guys, I'm giving you Sound teaching here. Don't ignore it. Don't 
Let it go. Don't forsake it. Keep it. So then notice verses 3 through 9, we see the passing of the instructions. We see the passing of the instructions. He's going to uh, talk about his childhood a little bit here. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is a principle is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring to you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory, and she will deliver you. So, verse 3, I want you to notice the first thing here is this. Solomon remembers the instructions he received from his father. Solomon remembers the instructions he received from his father. So, first of all, who's his father? Yeah. Now, it's interesting here. Look, Notice what he says here. It's a little bit of biblical background here. Notice what he says there. When I, when I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. Solomon was, who was his mother? Yeah, Bathsheba. So he's coming a little bit there. I think he was the only child of Bathsheba, if I'm thinking off the top of my head here. I might be wrong, but that's the whole point. So David spent some time with this child, which is significant because David had, like Solomon, David had a lot of wives too, didn't he? And a lot of kids. A lot of kids. And so he remembers the instruction he received from his father. And so then notice the teaching of David, his father. Notice what David was teaching him. Verse 4, he is urged to internalize instruction for his life. He's urged to internalize instruction for his life. Notice what it says. Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Listen, there's a little bit of a difference between knowing here and knowing here. Does everybody understand that? There's a little bit of difference between knowing here and knowing here. And when I talk about your heart, I'm not talking about that, that muscle that's beating within you right now. I'm talking about the essence of who you are, your soul. And it's got to be more than just belief here. It's got to be belief here. See, that's the whole, let me just stop for a moment. That's the whole issue of salvation. A lot of people will say, well, I believe in Jesus, but they aren't saved. I'm just be honest, just because you believe in Jesus does not save you. James says it very clearly that even the demons believe and they tremble at the name of Jesus. But they're not saved. See, when you talk about wisdom, it's not enough just to have it up here. You have to have it here. Because how many of you have met a wise fool? A lot of us have, haven't we? I mean, they got a lot of head knowledge. But they can't function anywhere else, can they? They can't function in life. Not at all. And so his whole point is is that 
Listen, internalize the truths you learn. You've got to take it one step from here to here in the truth that you learn in your life. See, that's the whole point. Like James says, when you and I, we, we hear the Word, we've got to be more than just hearing the Word. We've got to do the Word. We've got to do the Word. We've got to apply it to our lives. Just simply knowing facts about something is not enough. It's not enough. And so, he is reflecting there. He's to internalize the instructions for his life. Then notice now verse 5. First part of verse 5, he says, Get wisdom, get understanding. So the next thing he wants him to do is gain wisdom. He was commanded to seek wisdom and understanding. Some of you are here today and you're saying, Well, you know, I wish I knew what Jesus wanted me to do. I want to serve the Lord. I, I want to... I just want to be used of God. What does he want me to do? Well, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to look any farther right now. One thing he wants you to do is he wants you to get wisdom and understanding. He wants you to get wisdom and understanding. Well, does that mean I'm going to start reading a lot of books? No, that's not. You know, we're not talking about you becoming an egghead. Everybody understand? We're not talking about becoming an egghead here. We're not talking about you becoming a book knowledge person or being able to rattle off at a at a heartbeat, some kind of Christian doctrine or something. You know, like when you go to a Bible study. How many of you ever been in a Bible study and there's a Bible guy there that can just answer every question? He doesn't even have to put forth any effort. How many of you ever been there? And he just kind of frustrates you because he just rattles it off. He doesn't, he just goes, oh yeah, that's what this means. But you don't see anything in his life to back up what he has up here. How many of you have been frustrated by I've been frustrated a lot in all the years of ministry by a guy like that. Because you want to just shake him and say, hey, move it from here to here. And what he's saying to us here, David is saying to Solomon, and what we're seeing Solomon then reiterating to you and I, is, look, seek wisdom. Seek understanding. Now, how am I going to seek wisdom and understanding? Anybody? Through the Word of God, number one, through the Word of God. Number two, how else? Okay, Tim says through interaction with other believers. Okay, that's good, Tim. There's another one. James talks about it. First chapter. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask of God. And does God hold back on you? No, but there is one condition, though. What does James say is the condition? Ask in faith, because a double-minded man will what? Yeah, and he will receive nothing. See, you and I need to be doing really one of two things. We need to be, number one, searching his word. And number two, asking God, God, help me to be a wise person. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Help me how to function in this world. Then notice something. Verse 5, again in verse 6 says, Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve her. Love her and she will keep you. Again, Describing wisdom as a woman. Okay? Describing wisdom as a woman. He's saying here now, don't turn from wisdom. So what's he saying? He's saying this. He was not to forget or reject wisdom because it will preserve his life. Don't reject it. Don't turn away from it. You and I have seen that where maybe God has given you wisdom in some area, maybe because of the experiences of your life and something, and somebody comes to you and says, Man, I'm facing this situation. I don't know what to do. And so you tell them. You tell them from the deepest part of your heart. Man, I know exactly what you're going through. And let me tell you what God taught me. Here's the mistakes I made. 
Here's the wisdom that He gave me through this. And so you just pour out your heart to them. And you pray for them, they go on. Two weeks later, they're either still wrestling with it, or they've decided to do the exact opposite of what you told them. And it's like, what's up with that guy? Or what's up with that gal? I'll tell you what's up. They decided to do something. What did they decide to do? Forget or reject wisdom. Forget or reject wisdom. You know what? When I first started out of ministry, I'm going to be honest with you. I used to take it personally. When I would tell people from the Word of God what they needed to do. And when they didn't do it, I would, I would be like, what kind of a pastor am I? I have since developed the height of a rhinoceros. And I will tell you from the Word of God, but if you don't listen to me, I still love you. I since because you know what I've learned? Because that's how God is with each one of us. He tells us all the time right in His Word, but we what? We forget or reject it. And He still loves us, so I've had to learn to be Christ-like in my love for people rather than saying, what's wrong with me or what's wrong with them? I've learned the reality is they're human. They're going to do their own thing. i just got to keep praying for them harder. Some of you maybe need to learn that lesson too. Maybe with some friends of yours or with some kids of yours or some grandkids of yours that, you know, as a young person or as a young adult or even as a young adult in their 40s and you're in your 70s now or whatever or 60s or whatever, if they're not listening to you, don't take it personal. They're just rejecting wisdom. So you've got to what? Pray. Pray. Because, hey, I'm 41. I still reject wisdom because my father-in-law will say, well, you know, you think maybe you need to do that? Hey, I'm 41 now. I think I can handle it. And guess what? He's right. I'm wrong. You, you see the point. Don't reject wisdom because it will what? Preserve your life. It will preserve your life. He goes on then now. Look at verse 7. He's going to talk about seeking wisdom. Look at what he says there. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Here's what he's saying. He is to do everything he can to gain wisdom and understanding. Now, I want you to notice something. If you've got a pen, and if you don't mind writing in your Bible, I want you to underline the very first part of verse 7 that says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Do you understand what's more important than anything? Is you getting wisdom. Because if you get wisdom, you're going to know how to live in this life. Does everybody understand me? More important than anything is you getting wisdom. Because if you get wisdom... You're going to learn how to function in this life. You're going to learn how to function as you face things because you're going to realize, first of all, I can't face it. I need God to help me face it. And that's reality. And so then here's what he says. Understanding that it's the principal thing, notice then what he says right after that. Give it. And then he goes out one step further. So he's just not saying, oh, well, you need just to get wisdom because you might be saying, Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give wisdom, George. No, no. He makes he reiterates the point. He says, with all you're getting, get understanding. Here's Solomon's point. Here's the richest man in the world that the world has ever seen. Look, all you got to do is read through First, Second Kings. 
And you'll just see descriptions of the temple that he built. You'll see descriptions of his house. You'll just see descriptions of his lifestyle. You'll just see descriptions of the soldiers that were guard, you know, his imperial guard carrying golden shields. Golden shields. I mean, they had so much gold that would make them into a shield for a, a soldier. This guy had it all, and he's trying to tell you and I, because here's what we do, we think what we need to strive for is what? Yeah, riches, stability, security, financial stability. We want money. We want stuff. And he's saying, what is the principal thing? Is it money? Is it love? Because a lot of people are out pursuing love now, too. What's the principal thing? Wisdom. Wisdom. Because wisdom is the most important thing. And so with all you're getting, and notice something here, the emphasis is on you expending energy to what? Get wisdom. It isn't just going to happen. It isn't. And can I be honest with you? Sitting in front of the TV isn't going to get you wisdom either. And there's nothing wrong with TV. Oh, he's on the TV kick again. No, no, no. I just want you to understand something. You're okay to watch TV if you are wise about what you're watching. Don't have a problem with you watching TV. I'll watch it with the best of them. But I've chosen not to. Because I've got too many other things going on. But you've got to watch what you're watching. And I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to gain wisdom from Oprah. Oh, you can watch Oprah. But I'm just being honest with you. Wisdom is not gained there. Wisdom is gained where? Here. Because it doesn't change. It's got to be a part of your life. You've got to make it a part of your life. And let's be honest. I'm going to, I'm going to step on some toes here. In fact, I'm not going to step on them. I'm going to take a two-by-four and rent, just, just slam them. So let me slam your foot for a minute. I want you, in your mind right now, to think about your favorite show. What, what show do you watch? And how many times a week do you watch it? Think about how much time you spend watching your show. And the reruns. Just think about it in your mind. Now, you got it on this side. This is a scale. It's over here. How much time do you spend in the Word of God? Put it over here. Which one do you spend more time doing? Now, let me ask you something. When you're facing then the stuff that you face during the week, can you turn to this and say, help me? Oh, it'll talk back at you, but it won't give you the wisdom to deal with the stuff, it doesn't. But this one you can turn to anytime, the Word of God. See, what we're spending our time is we're wasting our lives. I'm not saying get rid of your TV. I'm saying put everything in perspective and take some time each day to spend with God in His Word. And you know what? You can watch TV the rest of the time if you want to. But I'm going to be honest with you. When you start reading His Word, you realize, man, there's more to life than just sitting in front of the TV. I'm just being honest. Now, of course, if John Wayne comes on, take some time and watch it. 
or Clint Eastwood, the old Western ones, you know. Here's my point. It's okay. You're okay. I'm not going to say don't do it, but I'm saying, look, prioritize your life. What he's talking about here is priority. That you're going to do everything you can to gain wisdom in your life. To make it a part of your life. Seek it. So then verse 8 and 9, he tells us why. Here's the value of it. This is why it's so important for you and I to do it. Look at what he says here. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Verse 9, she will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Here's what it's saying. By valuing wisdom, she will honor and bless you. Hey, can I ask you a question? In your mind now, you've still got that show because you're thinking about, yeah, the next episode. Guess what's coming up? Does it do this? Does it honor and bless you? Let's be honest. Now, some of you, you maybe are watching Real Tree on TV or something, and you, you, you see, those, and you're blessed by seeing that big buck come down. But does it really bless you? It's a bigger blessing if you took it down, right? Football, does it bless you for a moment? But let me ask them, does it honor you? Like, do they get on there and say, this game is dedicated to our good friend in Kerwinsville? Do they get on there and do that? No, they're talking about some other guy on TV, right? Wisdom will honor you and bless you. Wisdom will honor you and bless you if you seek after it. If you seek after it, it will honor and bless you. Okay, let's start. We're going to go through a couple more verses. Because here we're going to see now that wisdom preserves from trouble. We're going to start into sections, verses 10 through 19. We'll finish it up next week. First of all, the benefit of heeding. We'll we'll just look at these three verses, four verses, and then we'll, we'll stop. Here's the benefit of heeding wisdom. We see that wisdom will honor you and bless you. But notice with me verse 10 now. Hear, my son, receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Here's what he's saying. By heeding his instructions, years will be added to your life. So again, what's he talking about here? Adding years to my life? You mean if I seek after wisdom, I want to add years to my life? The whole point is, is you, already, you already have a lifespan. Only God knows what it is. But the whole point is, is you're not going to shortchange your life by not heeding wisdom. You're not going to shortchange your life by not heeding wisdom. That's the whole point. You know, there's wisdom given to you. There's wisdom given to me. Like I went to the doctor a few years ago and the doctor said to me, George, you're as healthy as a horse. Oh, man, I'm feeling good. He said, you just don't need to look like one. There's wisdom there. Now, the question is, will I heed it? Well, I heed it. If I heed his wisdom, he was basically saying, you might give your knees a few more years. You might give your life a few more years. If I don't heed it, I've taken away from my life by my lifestyle. I'm being vulnerable with you for a moment, but that's just reality. Look at now verse 11. He says this, I have taught you and...
the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. The Father has taught him everything that is necessary, that was necessary for life. The Father has taught him everything that was necessary for life. Can I be honest with you, parents? I'm a parent. Some of you are parents. Some of you are grandparents here. Some of you maybe are even great-grandparents. We have a, 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 we have a mandate from the Bible. And here's the mandate. To impart to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, what? Wisdom. Even if they don't want to hear it. In fact, there's a commercial that's on WDBA. I like to, I've been, it's catching my ear every time I listen to it. It's about notreligion.com. And it's about a girl who's saying, Mom, keep talking to me. Even though I don't listen to you, keep talking to me. Keep talking to me. And that catches my ear. You and I are mandated to what? Impart wisdom. But can I be honest with you? Here's what I'm saying. I'm a pastor. I've been around. I've, you know, I've pastored on two different countries now. I have noticed there is a tendency among Christian parents and grandparents to say, well, I'm not going to tell my kid anything. I don't want to impose my beliefs on them. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't, someone else will. MTV will. The culture, Hollywood will. So somebody better be imposing something. Somebody had better start imparting wisdom, don't you think? Because the fact of the matter is, if you don't do it, somebody else will. And you know what? They're ready to do it. They got the bucks backing them up to do it. They want to do it. They want to change your, your person's style. You know what's more, most frustrating thing to them is when they read the polls and they see that a majority of Americans, 80% of Americans, believe that God created in some way. They're looking at that not as, oh, wow, maybe we should change. They're looking at that as, boy, we've got a long way to go to get people convinced there is no God. And you know what? They're working on it. You and I have a mandate. The Father taught him everything that was necessary for life. Are you teaching your person in your life everything that's necessary for them to live their life? Are you teaching them wisdom? Are you teaching them how to make decisions the right way? How to seek God? If they're going into business and you know maybe they're following a family line of, of work or something, are you teaching them God, what God gave you and imparting that upon that young person? A lot of us have just given up. And I think, can I be honest with you? I wonder, you know, youth ministry is great. We need youth ministry. And I used to work in youth ministry. But if you give up your child and their spiritual life to the church, it isn't going to happen. That's why they're leaving the church. You've got to be the one to be the spiritual leader in your home to impart spiritual truth to them. Because if you just rely upon a youth group, look, think about it. They only get them for what? One hour, two hours a week? And that's supposed to last them the rest. They got you how many hours? In fact, they don't want you. They're tired of you. But they got you. Isn't that right? Impart wisdom. Now, having just said that, don't go home now and say, okay, kids, we're going to impart wisdom tonight. No, no, you know, come on, okay? You've got to make it a part of your lifestyle. 
Make it a part of your lifestyle. So the Father had taught him everything that was necessary for life. Okay, next week we're going to look at the rest of our time here. Listen, I chose this book for a reason. There's a lot of me here. There's a lot of practical wisdom. And as we go through each lesson, ask God, Lord, show me, impart to me wisdom so that I can apply it to my life every day. Okay?